You're listening to Orange County's only station with critical business information, Critical Mass, with your host, Rick Franzi. Welcome to Critical Mass Nonprofit Show. I am your host, Rick Franzi. Thank you for tuning in and listening to the program. This show is intended to present information to you about local nonprofit organizations, possibly because you may want to get involved with them or you just want to understand their mission and the services that they're providing to our community here in the greater Orange County area. This show airs live at 4 o'clock every Wednesday afternoon on octalkradio.net. It's one of three shows in the Critical Mass radio show series. Our original show, which airs on Tuesdays at 4 p.m., called Critical Mass Radio Show, which features business leaders from around Southern California with focus on Orange County. And uh, the goal is to help you, our listening audience, to make better business decisions through the experiences of our guests. Our Thursday show, which has been on the air for two years now, it really is a nationwide show focused on business executives from across this great country sharing their experiences, insights, and advice to, again, help our listening audience to make better decisions. Uh, and this show, which is our newest show, started just last month. And I, I was inspired by an article that I read in the Orange County Register about the number of worthy organizations throughout Orange County delivering much-needed services, many of which, frankly, I was not aware of. And I thought maybe through this platform of Critical Mass Nonprofit Show, we might be able to raise the awareness of our community to these worthy organizations. Today's organization, no doubt, you may have heard of, but you may not really uh, appreciate all that they're doing for us in the community. And so while the name American Diabetes Association is a recognized name and a significant and national organization, the local chapter, and Allison Hickey is my guest from the Orange County chapter, I'm going to ask Allison not only about the American Diabetes Association, but also what's going on through her organization here in Southern California and Orange County in particular. If you're listening to the program live, then you have the opportunity to possibly contribute to the conversation. The way to do that, you ask? Very simply, I say, find the community chat room section of octalkradio.net's website. Put your Twitter handle in there. That'll log you in. You can post your thoughts. It goes right to our nerve center. Today, my producer is Paul Roberts, and and he will be able to converse with you and possibly bring the topics to my attention when I might be able to bring them into the conversation that I have planned today with Allison. If you're listening to this program in the future, rebroadcasting it off of one of our podcasting services like Apple iTunes, Stitcher, or others, I want to say thank you for finding the program and making it a part of your busy day. And consider listening to our programs live so that you too might be able to participate in the conversation. Okay, enough about us. Let's turn our attention to our featured guest today. As I said, her name is Allison Hickey, and her organization is American Diabetes Association. Allison, welcome to Critical Mass Nonprofit Show. Thanks, Rick. I'm glad to be here. Why don't we start with a... Before we talk about your organization, let's start by talking about you. Help us to understand a bit about your professional background that sort of predates today. 
Sure, absolutely. So I've always been in corporate America my whole life, um, never really thought about nonprofits. I had been involved with a few here and there, but really never thought about that as an income, um, as an income or a livelihood for myself or a career uh, to, for that matter. And so it wasn't until about um, six years ago when I found out that I had diabetes. I went into shock in an airport. That's how I found out I had diabetes. And at that moment, my life totally took a 180. Um, it really made me realize that, that there's a lot bigger things that, that we all need to focus on than, you know, the almighty dollar or what we do for a living and, and really giving back to people and trying to make a difference in our world. And so through that experience, I started working at the YMCA as the um, membership director in Middle Tennessee and really enjoyed that because I got to see people change their lifestyle and get healthier, and I actually was one of those. And so I really started um, becoming an advocate for people to be able to make those lifestyle changes they needed to make to either prevent or manage diabetes better. And so one of my things that I did there was I started a step-out walk team from the YMCA with the American Diabetes Association in Tennessee and rallied the troops at the Ys and, and got a large group together and we went and did the walk and we raised money for people with diabetes and raised awareness for people with diabetes. And then that's how I got involved with the ADA or the American Diabetes Association. When I moved, I moved from Nashville to Northwest Arkansas and the ADA was my friend and they knew that I had moved there and there just happened to have been a position open there for an area director. And of course that was very close to my heart and what I wanted to really do to, to help people with diabetes, including myself. And so I went to work for them in Northwest Arkansas and was there for about three years. And then I am originally from Orange County. I went to school here um, all the way up through high school. And so I really wanted to um, get back home to my family and friends in Southern California. So I moved back to Orange County and became the executive director here for the American Diabetes Association about three years ago. And I can't imagine my life now uh, back in corporate America. Um, I, I really I, I feed off of everyone's energy, and to me the greatest thing is coming in to work every day and getting to see the best in people every day, people giving of themselves, giving of their time to make a difference in our world. And it's just a, there's not a more fulfilling role that I could ever see myself in. I have to ask before we move on to talk about your organization, Having lived in a number of other states, what was it like to come back to Southern California? Expensive. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, you know, we all here for the weather. Let's not kid ourselves. I mean, this exactly. is the most perfect weather in the world. So that is that is the big draw here. But the, the flip side of that is, is it is very, very expensive. Especially when I was in Northwest Arkansas, I, I still to this day when you're there, you spend four dollars to go to the movies. Are they first release movies? Yes. I'm just teasing. I'm yes. just kidding. Okay. <laughs> well, uh, having traveled the country and lived in a couple other places, and I because we're on the internet, we're listened to around the country, if not the world. I will say there are many beautiful spots across the world. I like to live in Southern California myself. You and me both. That's why I'm back. Okay. Let's, as I said in the open, people may recognize the name of your organization. It's, it's well known. But I find some 
sometimes just because you are familiar or you think you're familiar with an organization, you may not truly appreciate its mission or the current delivery of services and how you show up in the community. So can, can you help us sort of understand the national footprint of your organization, but also your local chapter and what you're directly responsible for as the executive director? Absolutely. So our organization is, is actually the nation's largest volunteer health organization. And that may surprise a lot of people because, well, first of all, we're not the largest health, uh, nonprofit health organization in the nation. Um, and second of all, we're not the largest health organization in the nation. The key word to that statement that I just made was the volunteer piece. So our organization, the American Diabetes Association, is actually run um, majority, 96%, by volunteers. And so that's what makes us very unique. Um, we are truly a grassroots effort organization across the nation. Our national office is in um, Virginia, right by Washington, D.C., and that is where everything really kind of happens within our organization is from our home office. And then we have 97 field offices across the nation. Those field offices are really set up to serve every community throughout the United States. You know, some places that you may need to drive a little further than others to reach one of our field offices, but uh, we do have a really good breadth and um, touch in, in the U.S. Um, I think what people may not know about the American Diabetes Association is that it was founded in 1942 by a group of physicians. So the American Diabetes Association actually started off as a physician's organization, Physicians started realizing that this thing called diabetes was actually getting ahead of them, and they needed to come together to start talking about, first of all, how were they going to manage people with diabetes um, from a, from a uh, medical standpoint better. And then um, the second part was is they needed to start looking at how do we find a cure for this thing. And so the American Diabetes Association um, up to 1967 was actually a physician's or a professional um, association of, of physicians. Um, we keep that today. We just celebrated our 73rd scientific sessions, and we did that in Philadelphia. And that's where we actually um, teach physicians and bring them up to speed on the newest, latest, greatest uh, management and, and research and um, medications and prevention and uh, all those types of things. Uh, we bring about 20,000 physicians in um, from all over the world. Uh, what's really exciting to me is, is that they, there's a room or a hall that they actually have all of what's called um, research posters. And this is all the research going on throughout the world around diabetes. And this year we had over 2,700 research posters presented. And so for somebody with diabetes standing in that room realizing the millions of people that are actually working on a cure um, to try to make my life and the people coming after me better um, and to find a cure for this disease is, is very, uh, gives me a lot of hope as a human being. And so uh, that physician side of our organization is still key. The American Diabetes Association actually does set the standards for care for diabetes. So when somebody does go to the doctor and the doctor says, hey, your glucose level is a little high and, you know, you're fasting glucose in the morning, um, you know, I want to do another test or something like that. How they know whether or not it's high or low or whatever, those are the standards that the American Diabetes Association has set. Uh, those are reviewed every four years. 
So uh, as more and more research comes out, we learn a tighter and tighter control of diabetes. We learn more about how it's prevented. We learn more about how it's managed better. So all of those things we actually release to the physician world so that it, it trickles down to the people that are either trying to prevent it or live with it better. So um, that whole side of the American Diabetes Association is still well intact. Um, the newer side, which is our field office side, is our grassroots efforts. That's where we are really out trying to help people learn about diabetes. We are also doing fundraisers, which I know we're going to talk about in a little bit, but we do fundraisers in the community for two reasons. One is obviously to raise money. Um, the money that we raise goes to advocacy, education, and research. Those three things are the things we invest the money we raise in. Um, but we also use these events to bring the community together to um, bring a heightened awareness about a disease that's taking over our country. Um, it, is, it is now an epidemic, and unfortunately, we're going toward a pandemic uh, with diabetes. There are 26 million people in America right now affected by diabetes. The scary part is we have another 70 million that are pre-diabetic which means that they have the diabetes marker. Their sugar levels are a little higher than normal, but they aren't high enough to actually be classified as diabetes. And so those folks, 70 million, unless we do something with them, they're going to add to that 26 million very quickly. So those are some of the things that we really look to and look for and and, and try as an organization uh, to make a difference in our local communities. So we're tasked with what we call mission outreach, which is really getting the word out about awareness. Are you at risk for diabetes? If you are, how do you, you know, where can you get checked? Why do you need to get checked? Um, And then the second thing is what are the signs to look for um, with diabetes? And then if you do have diabetes, how can you manage this disease so that you can live a full, healthy, normal life? So our organization really has those two hats. They have the professional doctor side, and then they have the the field office, which is our grassroots uh, community efforts. And that's what our office does. We are the the field office for Orange County, and um, our office is really tasked with that, to bring awareness into our community and to raise money. Well, we're going to talk about, as you said, uh, the events that you have planned coming up here a little bit later in the interview. I also have some other questions I want to get into about some challenges and but when we come back from, we're going to take a short sponsorship break, ladies and gentlemen. When I come back with Ellison Hickey, I'm going to ask her, as the executive director for this local chapter branch of the American Diabetes Association, to describe her guiding principle. You know, we, here on Critical Mass, the radio show series, we think of that as what a leader's kind of overarching belief system is and how that shows up inside their organization. So you stay tuned, ladies and gentlemen, for the continuation of this interview. But first, Let's spend a few minutes with a couple of our sponsors. Can we talk about your family business? You know, that thing you put your whole life's blood, sweat, and tears into? Well, what happens when you retire or try and pass that business on to your children? At Succession Strategies, we can help you find the answers. We'll guide you through the unsettling process of protecting your family legacy and successfully passing your business on to the next generation, safely and securely, ensuring that it'll both survive and thrive for generations to come. So ask yourself just one question. Can I really afford to wait? Take the first step. 
take our complimentary self-assessment at SuccessionStrategies.com or call us at 714-560-9022 to set up a free consultation at your convenience. That's Succession-Strategies.com Succession-Strategies.com Succession planning for your family's continued success. It takes 12 years to create a graduate. It takes about the same time to create a dropout. And at the end of the day, the difference between a child becoming one or the other could be you. So United Way is asking you to make a pledge. Tutor a child who needs help. Mentor a kid who needs someone on their side. Volunteer to read to children. Because when a child advances, we all advance. Be a reader. Tutor or mentor. Give. Advocate. Volunteer. Live United. Take the pledge now at liveunited.org. Brought to you by United Way and the Ad Council. Welcome back to the Critical Mass Nonprofit Show. I am your host, Rick Franzi, and today we are talking to Allison Hickey from the American Diabetes Association. Before the break, Allison, I teed it up by saying that we want you to share with us your guiding principle. Are you ready to share your guiding principle? Sure, sure. Well, my guiding principle for me uh, in nonprofit is to really flip your organizational chart upside down. And what that looks like is is that I'm here to serve and to support um, those above me. And so that is really my what, what I believe that is really important with most nonprofits. That's our role is we're only one person, and with a chronic illness especially, we need a lot of people educated and being able to make a lot of waves out there. So it's really how do, how do we support them in doing that. All right. So how do we, you talked about this condition, this disease of diabetes being an epidemic proportion. You gave us numbers which are startling in a country of 300 plus million people to have that many people with pre-diabetes. I don't want to tell you what your challenge is, but it's, you know, what are you facing as a challenge and what are you attempting to do about it as an organization? Well, definitely our challenge is, is that um, diabetes is growing at an epidemic rate. And, and although I, I shared, you know, a statistic, you know, in the millions, it's sometimes hard for people to really understand what does that really mean. And so um, if the current trends continue that, are, that have been happening over the last five to ten years, and our obesity epidemic in our country is definitely triggering this disease on a much faster rate than we ever had in our history, if that trend continues, what's, what we're going to be faced with by 2050 is one out of every three people will have diabetes by the age of 40. That's scary. The, the other part of that is, what does that mean for, for a lot of the listeners? If you're a parent, that means we're faced with the first generation of children right now, born after the year 2000, that will not outlive their parents. And when you wow. think of all of our modern medicine and all the things that we have, you know, that's a really scary realization. So from an organizational standpoint, you know, for me, trying to, to stop diabetes is, is looking at how do we, first of all, we need to just slow it down from its growth pattern. And a lot of that is by education. 
A lot of that is, is to make people aware of 58% of all type 2 diabetes could be prevented with simple lifestyle changes. And it's not turning your world upside down. It's just changing one or two small things. Uh, we know that exercising five days a week, 20 minutes a day, will reduce your risk for diabetes almost 60%. To me, that's just an easy one. You know, let's just all go out and walk for 20 minutes five days a week. So it's really, again, that whole education piece that we need to empower an army to go out into our communities to really let people understand this isn't hopeless. There's a lot of hope around um, getting a hold of this disease and slowing it down and, and then starting to reverse the numbers that we're faced with today. So that's really what our challenge is, and, and as an organization, we know that we can't do it alone. We've got to have partners. We've got to have other organizations. We've got to have our community help us do that. The organization was founded, I think you said, in 1942 as a physicians-led or yes. organization. And, okay, so in 1942, a group of physicians saw diabetes as a problem. So imagine if those individuals were with us today, maybe some of them are still are, they would, be, they would have to be just shocked at what has happened since 1942 to today as far as the rates and the incidences and the risks at which our population in general are being put at based on what it sounds like to me are some pretty obvious lifestyle choices that Americans choose to make in both their diet and their exercise. Absolutely. I think that they would really look at this and go, this is totally out of control. What are these people thinking? <laughs> you know, I, I, again, because it's not rocket science. It's, it's actually very simple. It's, it's actually just looking at how do I move more and how do I eat less and or eat better. It, it, it's as simple as that. 58% of it could be prevented. We don't need to be in a place that everybody is triggering this disease. First and foremost, it is genetic. Um, you know, people do, it is a family genetic disease. But most people at this day and age know somebody with diabetes. I don't run into too many people that don't know anybody with diabetes. So it's not like, you know, we don't know that we have it. Uh, we do know that. And so once you know that and you know that you're in a high-risk population, which is our African-American, our Latino, our Native American, and our um, Asian populations, they're double the risk factor than the general population. So, you know, when, when you start learning some of those things, you know that, that you're at risk for it. So then it's, it's, a, it's about, okay, so now what can I do about that? You can't choose your parents. You can't change aging, you know, getting older. And you can't change your ethnic background. But you can change your lifestyle. So we do have some control of this. Do you, you, you said type 2, and maybe it would be helpful for those in our audience if you gave a very simple definition of type 2 and contrast it with other forms of diabetes. Sure, there are three types of diabetes. There's type 1, type 2, and gestational diabetes. Out of those three types of diabetes, type 2 is 90% of those types of diabetes. Um, type 1 is about 10%, and gestational diabetes is when a woman's pregnant, she becomes diabetic during the pregnancy, but then in most cases it goes away after she's given birth. However, she then knows she has the marker, and she's predisposed to the disease later on in life. The average is seven years later. So those are the three types of diabetes, and, but type 2 does make up the lion's share of those three. What segment from an age demographic 
is the American Diabetes Association focusing on, or is there an age demographic that you're you're trying to get your messaging to, or is it just across the spectrum? You know what? I wish I could say that we have a target audience, but honestly, the entire community is our target audience. It is it affects you know all ages. We have children. Um, we have you know, all age groups up through seniors that, you know, it doesn't discriminate by age. It doesn't discriminate by uh, ethnicity. You know, it, 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 it affects everyone everywhere. So, no, there's not a, uh, you know, are these people more prone to it or, or not? You know, we do know that as you age, like, unfortunately, Rick, we, you know, we don't want to acknowledge this, but our body does kind of wear out a little bit. Uh, it tends to make it um, easier for diabetes to take a hold. So we do see older people that become um, type 2 diabetic more frequently, and that's just because of the aging process. Well, you know, it beats the alternative. I mean, you gotta you got to put up with the things that come along with aging, but it's better to age than to not be aging anymore. So, you know, but if you can do preventative things, which we can to at least knock that one off the table or push it to the background as a possible disease that you're going to have to deal with. Um, uh, it is amazing to me. And it must be somewhat frustrating, I would think, as well, to know that you can help people if they would just make some simple alterations. Tw- moving 20 minutes a day is doesn't seem to be terribly... Uh, I mean, I know everybody... You know, busy, I have but... a hard time, Rick, when people um, say to me, especially seniors, well, I'm going to die of something, might as well be diabetes. And my response to people when they start thinking that, you know, because most people with diabetes feel fine. It's not one of those diseases where it really takes you down. Um, you, you can function normally and you feel, feel normal. Um, unfortunately, the high, it has a lot of complications that goes along with it. And once those complications set in, there's no reversing them. And, and so I ask people a lot of times, you know, diabetes may not strike you dead like overnight. It, it is the leading cause of heart attacks and stroke. So it could definitely strike you, you know, down right away. But the reality is, is most people rust away one piece at a time. So if people are thinking about, you know, oh, diabetes, no big deal, you know, I'm going to die of something, they need to start thinking about how long do I want to live without my eyesight? How long do I want to live without my feet? It is the leading cause of lower limb amputations. How long do I want to live on, um, you know, in renal failure? You know, so those are the questions that I think people need to ask themselves when they're making the decision whether or not they're going to uh, take care of themselves. Um, again, it won't strike them. Most likely it's not going to strike them dead overnight, but they're just going to rust away. And what kind of life do they want? I'm glad that your organization is out to educate. I'm sure you're making big differences in a lot of people's lives, but based on the numbers that you've given us earlier in this interview, there's quite a job to be done. And so um, let's talk for a minute about what you're doing in the community relative to events to raise awareness and and kind of getting engagement from people within the Orange County community. I know that you have some events planned for for the coming months, so I I wanted to give you some time, Allison, to share those with our audience and maybe help people understand who should go and what they can expect if they're able to attend. Great. Well, we have two awesome events coming up in this fall. 
Um, the first event is called Step Out Walk. It's at Knott's Berry Farm. It's a family event. The whole family can come out. There is no fundraising minimum required, so uh, you can come out and have a great day walking for diabetes that day. Um, we have teams available. People can set up teams. Um, you do get 50% off the day at Knott's Berry Farm. You get a ticket that day for just attending, and you also get free parking. So it's a pretty cheap family day at Knott's Berry Farm as well. Uh, the walk is a lot of fun. And, and, again, it's for community, it's for corporate, and it's for families uh, to come out to that. The other event that we have is on September 29th, and that is our Tour to Cure. And that is a bicycle event. We are bringing that to Orange County for the first year this year. It is an inaugural ride. It's going to be based in Aliso Viejo. Um, the cool thing about our Tour to Cure, which is really different from other fundraising events that we do, uh, tours other places, is we actually are going to be doing a road event where you can t- bring out your road bike and ride on the roads in Orange County. And we're going to have a mountain bike aspect. So you can actually bring your mountain bike, too, and go up into the hills um, overlooking Laguna Beach. Um, and we've got that course uh, put together as well. Or for those really, really adventurous people, they can actually bring both of their bicycles. They can go out and do the road portion, come back, switch out their bikes in our bike corral, and then take off on their mountain bike. So they can actually go surf to Summit with us that day. And so that's going to be a great, great day for us as well, out riding our bikes. My producer's making scenes to me across the glass, suggesting that he's one of those that could, would do both legs of it, both the mountain and the road course. So there you go. Awesome. You got one Tell him I'll be calling him later to sign him up. <laughs> there you go. Now, if he wanted to find more information, or anyone in the listening audience would like to find out more information about both of these events, where can they find that, Alice? We have a wonderful website, and not only is it about these events, but it's also about everything we've been talking about. You know, if people need help, they want to learn what they want to eat, need to be eating, they need to get recipes, uh, whatever it is, our diabetes.org website is a phenomenal uh, resource for people. So um, they just need to type in that, and then up at the top they'll see my community. They'll click on that, and then they'll select Orange County, or they'll put in the zip code of where they live. And all of our events within Orange County will come up, or wherever they live will come up, uh, so that they can then click on those, and they can go in and read more about each one of the events that we do within the community. I was going to say, they can also call our office, and from any, any phone you can dial 1-888-DIABETES and you'll reach your local office. Wow. That's pretty technologically impressive. Yeah. What's the future for your Orange County chapter? You know, you're the executive director. You're the leader of the organization there. What What are your plans? We'll have you back on the nonprofit show at some point in the future, and, and sort of what do you see changing? We really aren't meeting the needs of our community, and, and we really need to build our army. So we need people to come in and and come in alongside us and allow us to train them or teach them to come in and help us raise some funds so that we can expand our resources to people in Orange County. So we really need people to come and become our partner and to become part of our team. And that's what we're really needing over the next um, several years because we do need to get ahead of this thing. So for me, I really look to the future of doubling and then tripling our, our um, size of our organization here in Orange County um, because we, you know, a lot of people still don't know we're here and, and we need to change that. We need people to understand that the American Diabetes Association is in Orange County and is here to help them. How is your board? We have a great board, wonderful board of directors. 
Uh, we, we have uh, 16 people that sit on our board, and they're very, very passionate. I feel very um, blessed and honored to be serving alongside them because they really do want to make a difference in our community. Is your board at capacity? Actually, we, we still have one or two spots. We, we always balance our board between, again, medical people and lay people. And so we're always looking for folks that, that can help us make a bigger impact in our community. And I'm sure you have many, um, what, or, uh, fundraising organizations. You, you have different departments, or call them what you will in your organization, but if volunteers want to get involved, there's a, I'm sure there's a variety of things a volunteer can choose to do to support your mission. Absolutely. And, and honestly, we, we have about 900 volunteers right now that serve with us right here in Orange County, um, but we need more. We need to be able to train people and teach people about diabetes so that they can go out and, and help us spread the word and um, so that people understand what they can do to prevent this disease. Okay, so parting question. You're not a doctor. You're just playing one here on Critical Mass. It's a nonprofit show. No, I'm just kidding. But if you could give three things that someone in our listening audience, either live today or in the future on a rebroadcast, you know, podcast off of the show, three things that people should do right now, regardless of their age, to help get the numbers in their advantage relative to, you know, not being caught up in this epidemic of diabetes. What are those three things, Allison? Well, first and foremost, don't ignore it. <laughs> you know, get your head out of the sand and, and, Find out if you're at risk for it and get checked for diabetes, especially if you have it in your family history or, you know, you're a senior or you're in those ethnic populations that I just talked about. Be proactive to be able to see whether or not you're at risk for it. That's number one. Number two is is everybody should be doing that this, and that's, you know, get some form of activity in your life five days a week. It doesn't have to be going to the gym and killing yourself for, you know, two hours every day. It's as simple as 20 minutes a day. But plan that. Make yourself and your, your body something that's important to you and that you're going to do that for yourself. And then the third thing is, is, as far as diet is concerned, people always ask me, okay, so what should I be eating? And, and it's, I hate that word diet. It's actually just meal planning. You know, the, our bodies were made to eat a certain way. They weren't made to eat processed foods. And so really going back to the way your body was meant to eat um, and be fed, that is a healthy diet. So, you know, if you start thinking about a lot of the white things, you know, white flour, that's not found in nature normally, uh, white sugar, you know, those types of products, really looking at taking those out of your diet and replacing them with whole grains, you know, whole wheat, uh, the things that are found in our, in our community and in, in, in our world. So really looking from a diet standpoint, really looking at meal planning and how do I just eat healthy. So those would be the three. And none of that sounds like it's a big sacrifice or a difficult thing. It just requires people to make it a priority. As you said, your health is important. Mm -hmm. And 20 minutes and a little bit of thought into your meal planning seems to be a reasonable request that the American Diabetes Association, on behalf of the Orange County Chapter, is making of you listeners of Critical Mass Nonprofit Show. Hey, thanks for being our guest, Allison. Welcome to the Critical Mass community, and I appreciate you being a friend of our radio program. Absolutely, and thank you so much for allowing me to come on and, and share about my organization and about diabetes. I really appreciate it. Have a good day. You too, Rick.
All right, ladies and gentlemen, that was Allison Hickey. She is the executive director for the Orange County Chapter of American Diabetes Association. I hope that you will go to her website, possibly participate in one of their two events coming up in the fall. Get out, get active, take control of your own health. I think her three ideas at the end were very powerful. And so uh, until the next time we have a chance to speak, this is Rick Franzi, host of the Critical Master Radio Show. I do want to thank my producer, Paul Roberts, today. My marketing communications, our marketing communications manager, Kelly Faltus, for her work and support of the program behind the scenes. And until the next time we have a chance to talk, here's hoping that all of your decisions move your organization in a positive direction. You've been listening to Critical Mass, the nonprofit show. Right here on OC Talk Radio, Orange County's only community radio station.